This is a space to open up dialogue through anonymous trust. In an advice-based format inspired by old newspaper columns, with submissions directly from my listeners, we interactively exchange experience for perspective. It's about ownership, acceptance, and the power of self. How else would you get the answer to a question you would never say out loud? Through a little leg up in a miniskirt revolution. Welcome back to Miniskirt Revolution. I hope you're all staying safe and healthy and you're staying home and you're trying to keep it all together in the quarantine times. Um, I hope you're holding on to your sanity. Mine has been slipping. If you see mine out anywhere, please tell her that I'm looking for her and that I expect her to report back to me as soon as possible because what the f- what's going on, you guys? The world is on pause, but... We're about to press play. Let's get into our submissions this week. And let's see what you guys have for me. I'm really excited to to dig in. Dear Miniskirt, I have had the same question with my boyfriend over and over about how I feel there's a lack of intimacy. I'm a very hands-on, passionate person. My main love language is physical touch. I can tell he's trying but I keep having to say, have the same conversation over and over. And now I'm annoyed. I don't want it to be forced, but I need him to understand how much it frustrates me. So I think when it comes to this, this situation, um, relationships are, this is when relationships can get, get difficult because if your connection's great, if your chemistry is there, if everything that needs to be happened to make you like get in a relationship and really enjoy your relationship, if it's all there and it's flowing, you still are an independent person of your own beliefs and desires and communication patterns and, um, ways of doing things and ways and things you like things you're attracted to and things that you expect from your partner or things that you need from your partner. It's tricky to navigate how, how do you marry? If you're, if you have a different need from something that your partner needs and you have something else that you need and you don't, you're not getting it by individually going in and feeding those things how do you merge your two needs together to become like how do you put it in some sort of like vat of alchemy and get it together to where it feels like a uniform need that you both can fill together instead of it feeling like you're not giving me this and I'm not giving you this how do you like weld the problems together I think is a good way to to look at this problem to look at this situation and I think, um, specifically, when you look at certain love languages, how they can all go hand in hand so well together, I think is really fascinating to really think about how we all communicate and think differently and um, feel and how all those feelings give us the same fulfillment or the same 
give back or the same feedback or the same um, result or reward. So I think if you think about um, sex or if you think about um, an open, honest communication, those can do give the same reward to di two different people. Something physical and something emotional can reap the same benefit for people that feel differently or think differently. So I think, and then if you, those two different people get in a relationship together, how do you bridge the gap of those two um, expectations or ne um, necessary fulfillment? Like, the, that's what you need to feel loved. And how do you combine those two needs together without feeling like you're harboring any resentment or you're pointing the finger or you're placing blame or you're saying you're not giving me this how do you how do you um come together instead of dividing in a situation where it's just a matter of differences i think when you're going through a hurdle like this that's the biggest thing to keep in perspective is that it's a unified problem it's not a solo problem that you're having in this in the relationship. It's something that you both signed up for to be in this relationship. So you have to um, accept each other's differences to even think about getting along in a harmonious way. So I think when it comes to maybe your partner prefers more of like a quality time, how do you um, how do you weld quality time and sex? your physical touch and your intimacy together. And it's interesting because those two can go so well together, but they can also be polar opposites of each other. Like some most some of the most like heated sexual moments can be so cold afterwards or before or during, just so separated and so cold and just so um physical and not not really connecting and then also like emotional can like really turn people off of sex and it's like how do you but then they can also marry each other when they're at their best when quality time and physical touch come together and they kind of feed off of each other in like a cycle and like um and you spin and they're spinning harmoniously together in like the same pot then that's where that's where the magic is and i think that's where you have to get to with your boyfriend is how do you establish your own love language with a natural love language that you both already speak individually how do you come together and have that conversation and it's difficult to say without really knowing specifics of your situation but i think be open to exploring how he feels in your physical way. Don't push each other and don't pull each other in any certain any direction because it's just going to create tension that is not good for like the balance of your relationship. And you want to keep it respectful of people's natural inclinations. I think if you take away your expectations, you can kind of see their needs. And if you are really invested in this relationship, you will 
do what it takes to meet their needs and not your expectations because your expectations are made up and they're um, something that's in your head. It's expectations don't come with the package. It's something you pick up, pick up along the way. So I think if you remove all the external factors of what you expect or think that you need and then you look at like what your partner really needs and they look at what you really need I think you'll really be able to kind of see what combinations of his love language and your love language work together you know and I think when you remove yourself from it and you see what they need and if they're doing it honestly with you and I think that's something that makes this pretty difficult as well is you have to make sure that they're doing as much work on it as you and if and you can't make them you can't um make their choices and you can't um invest on someone else's behalf they have to be able to they have to be willing to put in as much work into it as you're going to and I think if you highlight what they need and they highlight what you need instead of what you expect from each other you'll have a lot less muddy of a conversation and a lot less of a cloudy situation you'll be able to feel and fill the moment instead of um seeing all the trees in the way you'll see clear as day where you need to go and what needs to happen and i know that kind of maybe just sounds like um like dancing around an answer, but it's really, it's really your guys' language. It's how you communicate. The answer is in that. It's, um, it's both in your instinctual individual language and also how your relationship has developed its own language. And you have to navigate that within the parameters of your relationship. And you have to, um, cut through the noise and cut through your individual bullshit to see what the needs are that not, are not being met and I think when you remove yourself from it I think and you'll see where y'all need to go and where y'all actually are be open to exploring each other's individual love languages and maybe you'll learn something new about yourself and don't feel that you won't learn anything or it's not right for you because you don't really know i mean you didn't know this person was right for you until you met them right i think it's really interesting um what love and what um new people in your life can teach you and show you about yourself and what that gives you. And I think that that will give you a perspective on your relationship as a whole and not you just you as two individuals in a thing together. I think you will get a bigger picture and a bigger perspective and a bird's eye view of what y'all are together instead of separate. And I think that's where the magic is. And I think that's where your answer lies. Dear Minister, I'm kind of struggling with my own sexuality. The fact that I'm a 
quote-unquote straight guy and find myself overwhelmingly attracted to women. And I don't know how to explain the fact sometimes that I find trans women to be even more desirable than cisgender women. So, how do I identify myself? Should I even bother? Does it matter? And why do I care? I'm, I'm like really excited to talk about this topic because I think it's something that people don't quite fully understand and that um, it's pretty simple and it's pretty objective and it's pretty, um, I mean, my opinion is going to be what it's going to be, right? But I think the answer is simple when it comes to sexuality for anybody, regardless of the person who's asking this question, it's like, how do you feel? Who are you attracted to? If it's this, then your sexuality is this. If it's that, then your sexuality is that. The thing is, is you're straight, right? You're attracted to women, regardless of what kind of woman that is. It's a woman. So a man who's attracted to women is a heterosexual, right? And that is quote unquote straight. There's no need for the quotes because the quotes make you feel like you're something else than you are and you um are thinking and getting confused and you know what you're feeling if you're attracted to women then you're attracted to women and and it's a relief that includes all women and all kinds of women and you're not um equating a woman to just her body or just um your image of what a woman is or the world's image of what a woman is or um I think it's it, you're on the right track you just like the language is getting lost because there's no language there there are no real like if you look in society are there any like real prominent male heterosexual figures that are dating openly dating trans women um not really not any that are like high profile or someone you would look to and say hey I'm like that guy you know and that's kind of like what the whole idea of like celebrity is anyway people we can look at and be like hey that's me and that's who I support and that's who I want to be like and um that's kind of like how celebrities are like even a thing they're like aspirational so there's no one out in the world like there's no prominent quote-unquote like straight heterosexual guy that is in um in a relationship with a trans woman as far as I know and if there's not please let me I mean if there is please let me know but um but that's also just a guy who identifies as just straight right because I'm, I'm pretty sure there are a bunch of different like um people who fall under more of like a queer category where they may be more like pansexual or bisexual or um just open to anything fluid which a side note i think all sexuality is fluid fluid and sexuality is dependent on people not like body parts or not um sexual acts or I feel like your sexuality changes with the different people that come in and out of your life and it's driven more by your gut than it is your body, like your physical 
parts. Like I, th- I personally feel like sexuality is a visceral feeling. It's something I think that can flow and change and grow as you grow and change and flow and how you, how you move in the world around you. I think you kind of carve out your own definition of sex, your own sexuality, and it's not something you can... I mean, to a certain point, you can go look in a book and be like, hey, this is how I feel, and it can give you some sort of home, I guess, to rest your head in and not drive yourself completely crazy. So not to rant too much about how I feel about, like, sexuality in general. If you like girls that are different kinds of girls, there are so many different kinds of girls in the world. And I think that's something that is so, like, unique to, like, a trans experience is that it's different for everybody. My trans experience will be complete. I have a couple trans friends, and our our experience is being walking this same community, I guess. It's, they're completely different. One is a lesbian. One is um, super like out and queer and um open and polyamorous and all this shit and it's like and I'm not like that at all so it's the trans identity is not something that's uniform it's as complex as any other woman it's as complex as any other man it's um it's really just like a checkbox it's not an identifier it's not like something to be like oh she's trans so she's like this you know and I think that's something we have to, I think this is a good, um, this question is a good tipping point for labels in general. And I think in the LGBT, LGBT community, there's a big, I have a big problem with all of the labels that are in, in the community where it's like, okay, we're looking for freedom and there is a sense of freedom within the community, but it's also, it's freedom with a label. It's freedom with a category. It's, it's so much a lot more heady and a lot more um, calculated, I feel. It's like such a weird calculated freedom in my experience within the queer community where people want to know what you are, who you are, what you like, what you want to do, what you're into, and they want to know it now, and they want you to have it on a spreadsheet that you can send to them, and it's very invasive, and they feel entitled to the information because... Um, you guys are in the community and they, you have like a kindred spirit with them, but a lot of it is such a personal, independent, subjective feeling. So, and it can change by meeting someone you would never think, like I'm open to the fact that I might be, I could be attracted to girls, but it would take a right, the right girl to come along to make me feel the same way of this feel the same reason as why I'm attracted to men. You're not attracted to like genders. You're attracted to the way the, the people are making you feel. And those feelings have been wrapped up in gender norms and societal norms and our bullshit expectations. Like I was talking about in the last um, submission. So I'm just kind of ranting all over the place because this is something that is not really explored within um, the heterosexual community of why would you be, why is there a sense of shame as a straight guy being attracted to trans women when trans women are just women? 
it's just the, it's it, it's just it doesn't make sense to me because it's like it's a woman you know like I'm a woman like it's not um I'm different from my best friend who is a cisgender woman but I'm not that doesn't make me not a woman we're we're equal in that right we're different people but we are at the base level both women so how would you being attracted to me and her create any sort of conflict within you because of what people would think there shouldn't be such a like an inner battle of because there's no education there's no language there's no um level of understanding as far as like a common society um scope goes I've come across this a lot in my own dating life where it's you, you the guys that are attracted to me don't have the necessary communication tools to embrace their attraction to me and tra- their attraction to me in a fully owned public um proud secure secure overall secure is security is the most important fuck everything else fuck what people think if you're secure in what in your choices that you're making and the way you feel and they're just not secure because they don't have the framework to build the security on they don't have the language they don't have the understanding they don't have the um, a frame of reference to look back and be like, oh yeah, I saw this before and it doesn't change anything about me. So I feel perfectly normal in this situation and nothing is going to deter me from it because men aren't really taught that in the world we live in. They're not taught that trans women are women. The world is not taught collectively that trans women are women. And I think that's the conversation that we need to change. And that, and you as a straight man who's attracted to trans women, you need to embrace that. You need to own that. You need to be a an advocate for us. You need to be a um, frontline soldier, and you need to own own the fact that you are attracted. Because being attracted to us is a gift. I'm just gonna tell you right now, we are like top tier. Like it's it's a great thing that you're attracted to trans women. I wish I was because I feel like it would be a really great experience and you need to own that shit and you need to wear that badge with pride and be there for us and support us and um, stand with us. I think you feel ready to embrace it. You just haven't had the opportunity to really explore yourself in that way and really um, get your footing in a secure way in a relationship with a trans woman, maybe the same way you have is with cisgender women. So it's maybe just kind of unknown territory for you. So I think really explore that more, explore a more serious side of things with a transgender woman. And it's not just a fetish or a fantasy or a sexual rendezvous or whatever because I can tell you right now from personal experience me and my me and my girls were all sick of that shit we are so over it and if that's all you want from us we're gonna exploit you just as much as you're gonna get from us so if this is something you really feel 
um, ask, ask a trans girl out, um, go for it and fuck what everybody else says. Follow the way, follow your gut, follow the way you feel, follow, sit in that absolution of knowing yourself on that level, in that space, and nothing will really deter you. And when you create that kind of security net for someone going into a relationship, the world is wide open for y'all to bloom and blossom into something potentially very beautiful and something probably you'll reap a lot of benefits from and you'll grow and you'll learn so much more about yourself. You'll, you'll know your true strength and scope of love by pushing yourself to, um, love something that you're real, you really want to try loving. I think when you push yourself and you grow in that way, there's no going back and you'll be able to handle anything the world will be able to like spit your way when it comes to the um tight ropes that you have to traverse when it comes when you're a straight cisgender male dating a trans woman in the world that we live in because as as ideal and as um fantasy and as um kumbaya as you want the world to be they're fucking not they're not okay and you have to be able to deal with that and you have to be able to protect you and you have to be able to protect her and you have to be able to protect your love and all of that shit should be sacred and you shouldn't let someone come in and dictate that the only thing that dictates you is you she's not going to change your mind the world can't change your mind you own your shit and you sit in it and you ask that girl out and you fall in love with her and that's the end of it. And I applaud you on asking this question and I applaud you on exploring the way you really feel. And I, I think if you, if you properly explore this and accept it and embrace the depths of yourself in this moment, you're just going to be, you're going to blossom whether you end up with a trans girl or a cisgender girl. You personally are going to blossom and grow into like your greatest, your even the even greater potential because you are accepting yourself on a really deep unknown level that you never have before. And that's going to be even more reward than any sort of love that you get out of this epiphany that you've gotten about yourself. of the episode we're gonna take a little tonal shift and get a little more serious dear miniskirt about six years ago i was talking to my dad and keep in mind my dad and i have never lived together so i asked my dad do you love me to which he responded to me you are nothing but a sexually transmitted parasite and of course, at the time, it hurt. But my mom told me that he said that I shouldn't contact him until she's dead. Recently, I found myself somewhat stalking his socials. And I'm contemplating contacting him again. 
But now that I have the knowledge of what he told my mom and the type of person he is, what should I do? Okay, so first I just want to say um, thank you for sharing this with me and feeling like this was a space that you would want to explore something so personal. And um, I know how difficult things like this can be to express. And I know how difficult things can be like how difficult something like this can be to just hear in general and then have to live with it and repeat it in your head over and over again and trying to figure out what it means can be a it's like a Chinese water torture of just one drop at a time slowly they drive you unraveling you and driving you crazy so I completely sympathize with your situation when your parents, one of your parents or someone you feel like should love you, doesn't love you. Someone you feel let down in a way where someone that it's in, it should be a visceral need to love you it should be something that is just built in it's something that happens and and when it's not there it leaves an unfillable hole inside of you um i can sympathize with that and i can tell you you're not alone in that just from my personal experience so I think you have to look at your the situation of yourself in the dynamic of your family life and what do you need f from your father to where you f would feel like communicating with him? What could he give you to answer any questions, make you feel differently, um, what does he have that you want from him? Because you thinking about communicating with him means that either you want to give him something or you want him to give you something. And a lot of times you can do a lot of the work without communication on yourself. You can, um, forgiveness takes no communication you don't have to ever see him again. You don't ever have to talk to him again to forgive him and allow him to be who he's going to be and separate yourself from it and separate yourself from that pain and accepting the fact that it happened and um, accepting your father for whoever your father is. So answer the question first. What can he, what is it going to do for you to talk to him? What would you gain from it? And is that worth possibly rehashing all of that pain, all of that potential trauma? I'm, I'm going to guess that there's some underlying effects of what, of those words and how they can literally bury bury themselves beneath your skin and your heart and everything and what that can do to you even subconsciously 
So you have to, the question is, what will that give you to, what answer would that give you that he hasn't already made abundantly clear? Um, and not in my situation, I always felt like I'm, I'm the child in the situation. You know, I'm not going to overexert myself to make someone show me they love me if they don't. Love is an action. It's not a word. And if your words are that hateful or dismissive or that's not what love is. Love is all-encompassing and it's acceptance. It's not a, it's not refusal. His actions are, have summed up what he means and you can't let yourself be defined by what people think of you, even your parents. You want them to be in your life and you want to make them proud and you want Everyone wants those things, but not everyone gets those things because our parents are people too. They're flawed. They make decisions. They are fucked up. They don't always do the right thing. And I think that's one thing about growing up that you understand it. You, there's a, there's a level of understanding of how life fucks us all over and you realize why your parents maybe weren't there for you in that moment or why they can't um and this isn't to excuse what your father said or how he's treated you or his absence in your life this is for you to gain a level of understanding of why he's making those choices and why he's been so, why he's been such an absent or even negative influence in your life. I think that will give you more peace than anything because it doesn't sound like he's going to give you any sort of absolute answer more than he already has. So I think unless you're looking for trouble communicating him right now is not the best thing to do because you have to uh, settle into yourself more than ever and that's not getting lost in your past and that's not getting lost in other people's mistakes. You can't let other people's mistakes define you and I think that's where a lot of us have problems with our parents is that we blame them for their mistakes when they do it they blame themselves for them but for those same mistakes and it's double the blame and there's no um forgiveness or no understanding or no um nobody moves on from it your dad is obviously very um I would say damaged, to say the least, to even think about. 
talking to their child that way is heartbreaking. So I think accept your dad for who he is and what he's done in your life. And that will give you a, a level of peace to where you can make clear decisions. If you accept people for who they are, good, bad, ugly, hateful, beautiful, then it's only going to allow you to see who you really are because you're not getting wrapped up in idyllic definitions of what the world is supposed to be. You're going to see things clearly. You're going to have a perspective. You're going to have hindsight and foresight, and you're going to be able to see things before they happen, after they happen. Your, your dad's um, level of miscommunication is going to be your gain in how you're going to learn to communicate with others because you're never going to want to treat anybody like that. You're never going to want to, especially if you have children, you're never going to want to do that to your child. You're going to learn from this and you're going to be better because of it as cliche and as um, lifetime as that is. It's true and you go through challenges to grow and you go through struggles to be better and there's no light without darkness. There is no there's nothing to compare happiness to without some sort of pain. And your pain will be your greatest strength if you own it and you don't let it define you and you don't let other people define you. The best thing you can do is accept your father for who he is in your life. Accept him for what he's done forgive whatever you need to forgive I wouldn't communicate with him he knows he's wrong he knows that he has fucked up you, he doesn't need you to make that even more abundantly clear because your existence and being who you are is enough of that middle finger to everything he said that he knows he's wrong. He doesn't need you to tell it. Your existence tells it. Your happiness shows him he's wrong. You living your everyday, your life without him and being better because of it shows him that he's wrong. So you have no reason, you have no, there's nothing you, else you could say that you're everyday life of you being you and despite him doesn't already say so I think the more you accept people for who and what they are the easier you'll be able to accept who and what you are and what you're capable of and your strengths and your power in not his child but in yourself. I know this is, this is all very heavy, but if you can handle a parent not loving you 
the way you expect them to or the way they should. There's nothing in the world you can't overcome because that teaches you so much about yourself when you accept such great pain like that in a whole honest way. There's nothing I've experienced in my life that has hurt me more than that. So personally so I feel like if you can do if you can accept this unfortunate situation that you shouldn't have to accept then all of the cars will fall where they need to and your happiness will be all the communication that you need to say to him, to do to him, to everything. Your happiness will be your answer. Your self-fulfillment will be all you need to say. You don't owe him a thing. He owes you so much, but you can't walk around betting on that he's going to give it to you because that's not your choice it's his stay constant stay present surround yourself with your loved ones and let your happiness do the talking you so much for tuning into this episode of mini skirt revolution stay tuned for more secrets getting their time to shine if you have anything you'd like to share or submit please don't hesitate to reach out across all social media at mini skirt revolution my inbox is always open for you as well as my personal page at hooker legs or if email works better for you you can submit at mini skirt revolution at gmail.com until next time, keep your hemline high and the revolution alive. <laughs>